Hello, and welcome to Lessons with Dad. I'm here today, as always, with Ruthie. Hi. And Ruthie, before we get started, have you seen our new logo? It's so good. <laughs> so our new icon uh, on all platforms was designed and made by my daughter, Sarah Jane. So quick shout out to her. Way to go, SJ. That is super cool. So uh, today we're going to be going through uh, Luke chapter six and continuing our series in Know What You Believe. All right, Ruthie, if you'd like to kick us off right there at the beginning of Luke chapter six. Okay. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the some heads of, oh, through the grain fields and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain rub them into their hands, and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, why are you doing what is unlawful to, on the Sabbath? All right, so let's stop right there. So do you know what the Sabbath is? Um, a day. <laughs> so the Sabbath is like what we would t now consider uh, Sunday. And to the uh, Jewish people of that day, the Sabbath was one of their most uh holy traditions. It was actually, I think, on Saturday for them, but it was the day that the Lord rested, right? And, and it said on, they had all these rules and things built around the Sabbath day to where you weren't supposed to work, all right? So, and it's one of the reasons that Jesus preached a lot about that he was there, that the Jewish people of that time had become too legalistic, meaning they had more rules about the laws than actually what the spirit was. They cared more about following rules than they did about loving their fellow man. And Jesus talks a lot about that. But here, the Israelites or the Pharisees, which are the teachers of law, kind of like people from the church at that time, uh, didn't like that they were doing something that they felt was work and breaking the law uh, of that time, which was a big deal. You're not supposed to break the law on the Sabbath, especially someone that's representing and as a teacher of things, which is Jesus was recognized as a teacher um, at a minimum and certainly as much more than that later. So let's continue on. So they're asking, why are you doing what is unlawful according to their, their terms? Jesus answered them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and uh, taking the... Cons consecrated consecrated bread he ate what is some to his companions then jesus said to them on son of man is lord of the sabbath on another sabbath he went into so hold on one second right there so again he he, he goes back and tells a story from the old testament and when david did something that that was very similar uh and did something that was quote unquote breaking the law but uh Again, at, at the end, just like we read in chapter five, Jesus stated very clearly who he was. So we went kind of quickly through that, Sir, or Ruthie. But right here, Jesus again very clearly states who he is. At the end, he says, Then Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So he's saying, <laughs> I have power over the Sabbath. He is Lord of the Sabbath. That is huge. It may not sound like much to us today, but in the time, he's basically saying, 
this most holy day of the week that is set aside to not do work that we have all these rules for, I am Lord over even that. So again, very clear and very powerful statements about who he was. All right, continue. On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. So again, here are the people of the time trying to protect their own self-interest, right? There's a man with a shriveled hand, and they're they're watching Jesus carefully. Like, is he going to heal him? Is it, Because at that time, they had all these rules against what's right and wrong to do on the Sabbath. And so Jesus is going to show them how their hearts are wrong, and their thinking, and all these rules that they've made up do not align with what God focuses on. And so let's hear what Jesus says, because he knows what they're thinking. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to to destroy it. He looked around at them all and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. But they were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. So, Ruthie, this is a big deal, right? So Jesus looked at the man, had compassion on this man with a shriveled hand, right? That was clearly, uh, you know, suffering because of it. And what were the Pharisees more concerned with? The, um, they're more concerned about, like, what Jesus was going to do, right? Was Jesus going to, did, did they, did they care more about the man and his well-being and doing what he needed? Or did they care more about Jesus breaking rules? Jesus breaking rules. Right. And so that's not a good heart because you, and Jesus asked him, well, which is lawful on the Sabbath to do good or evil to save a life or destroy it. And so he's kind of going to really, what's the heart of what God meant when he said you should keep the Sabbath holy, right? And and set apart a day for him. And so they're obviously misguided in what their the intents are. And so Jesus does heal the man and it makes them all upset. And clearly they're they're misguided in what they're thinking. So let's let's continue from there and I'll read for a bit. And this is where Jesus finally picks all 12 of his disciples. So One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated as apostles. So he had a lot of followers, Ruthie, but he's going to set 12 of them apart as a special group. And this at 12, again, was a special number um, for the 12 tribes of of Israel. And so he picks 12 that he's going to designate as apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. 
So he went down with them and stood on a level place. And a large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured. And the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. So Ruthie, at this time, now his name is all over. He's been doing miracles. He's preaching the good news. And so people are coming from all over and huge crowds are following him everywhere he goes. One, people to get cured from diseases. But then even if you weren't sick, you want to see miracles be done, right? If If we heard somebody today was out there doing miracles and curing things that couldn't be cured and doing amazing things. Can you imagine what would happen today? People would be, what do you think it would be like? Like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) There'd be people probably on YouTube. There'd be all kinds of videos made about it. People wouldn't think it was real. And you'd want to go more than just seeing a video where it might be doctored. Do you think people would go to see it in person? Yeah. Yeah. And you'd have all kinds of people that had sicknesses that couldn't be healed by doctors. They'd probably be going too, wouldn't they? And then people that were probably from churches and different kinds of churches, they'd go to say, hey, what's going on? And that's what was happening. Not only were all kinds of regular, normal people going, people that needed to be cured were going, people that uh, just wanted to hear or see it for themselves. And then people from the church, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were going to say, who is this guy and what's he preaching? And you know, what's his message? And selfishly, they were thinking, what's this going to do to us? Right? Is it going to change anything for us. So, and here's what he said, look at, looking at his disciples, he said, blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now for you will laugh. Blessed are you who, whom men hate you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their fathers treated the prophets. So he's saying, if you're if you're treated badly because of me, right, for following me or uh, doing what I say, rejoice in that, because your reward isn't here on earth, it's in heaven. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well-fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. All right, so we're going to go in next and read apart. Now, there are a couple sections here, and I think when we talk about uh, lessons with Dad, these are few of the lessons from Jesus specifically that I think are very challenging and are a couple of the greatest lessons that he gave uh, to all of his disciples. So let I'll let you read this here, Ruthie. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. That's right. So, <laughs> so th- this is a lot, right? He, Jesus is saying something very opposite of what everyone else says. Most people are say, hey, if someone hurts you, hurt them back, right? 
if someone says something bad about you, what should you do? What do, what do most people say you should do? Say something bad back. Say something bad back. But that's not what Jesus is saying. What's Jesus saying? That you just turn away. You turn away. And more than that, more than do you turn away, what should you do? Bless those who curse you. Bless them. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Oh, I'll tell you this. I struggle with this. This is hard. Can you imagine if somebody says something bad about you on Instagram, right? Or they post something bad about you? What's your immediate reaction? Say something bad back. And be mean, right? That's our natural reaction. But God's saying that's not our way. We have to be different than others. When people do mean things to us, we will love them back. Because he knows uh, we're going to show that we're different people and that we're from God when we act differently than other people. And this is a big challenge. All right. So if you'll continue. 30. Yeah. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. So that's, they call that, Ruthie, do you know what that is called right there? My golden rule. Oh, give me five, girl. <laughs> Great job. That is called the golden rule. And so that's where he says it right here. That and, and it's still quoted to this day. Do to others, and this is just a great lesson to learn straight from Jesus. Don't do to others as they've done to you. Instead, do to others as you would have them do to you. So awesome lesson there. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. That's awesome, Ruthie. So thank you. And so what he's saying here is, hey, look, sinners are good to other sinners. If you're only nice to people that are nice to you, you're not doing that much you need to really challenge yourselves to follow and do like God does because God loves sinners. God loves us. We are all sinners. And so it's pretty neat here that uh, how he lays this out and it really challenges us. So I'll go on to the next one. And this next section is amazing. It's, it's something that, well, we'll talk about it. So this, this is a great part as well. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured out, poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take that speck out of your eye 
when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye, you hypocrite. You first take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I love this part. And this is something, I guess, Ruthie, is a lesson really from Jesus, but I can say I can pass this on to you as well, is the older I get, the more I realize I should not judge other people. One, I probably have not lived through what they're going through. And it's so easy to look at someone doing something and say, oh my gosh, look how bad they are for doing what they're doing. Um, what Jesus here is warning us, do you, do you understand what he's saying? Why do you worry about the speck, the little thing that someone else is doing wrong, the speck in their eye? Oh, this person is doing something wrong. And he says, first, get the plank <laughs> that's sticking here, or like the two by four that's sticking out of your eye. It's like you're trying to fix this little thing that's wrong with someone else. Well, while you're trying to fix them, you have this giant thing sticking out of your own eye. And what he's saying is take care of the sin and the issues you have before you start criticizing others. And I think this is a real lesson, Ruthie, as Christians, that we need to not be judgmental. And I think the older I get, the more I realize that uh, we need to be more compassionate and forgiving and, and give people grace for if we feel they're doing something wrong, we don't understand the challenges or the things they're going through or what God might be calling them to do. So we don't ever want to call sin, you know, something that somebody does that's sin, okay. But we do what we do want to do is have compassion for those people and not judge them because we are not in the position to judge others. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. you see that a lot, don't you? Especially in high school and, you know, middle school where people are very judging of other people. Do you see that? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's hard not to see it everywhere in life. So, all right, if you'll take us here to finish. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me, Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them in a year into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent stuck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. The one who um, hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed in it destruction was complete. Oh, that's really good. So what do you think he's saying? So he told us some things you should not do here, right? Or some things you should do, which is one, the golden rule, right? Love your enemies and treat them as you would want to be treated. Then he talks about judging, saying, don't judge. And um, this last part, he talks about the, you know, wise builders. What, what is he really saying here? What do you think this last section is saying? He's trying to wrap all that up here. Um, he's saying like, you can't say something when you're doing it like yourself. 
Yeah. And, and what he's really saying is I've told you these things now go put them into practice, right? <laughs> Don't just hear what I say, do what I say. So the person that does that is, is, is a wise man, right? If you're, if you're wise, you're going to take what I say and go do it. If you're unwise, you're going to hear what I say, but then not go do it. So if you're wise, your house is built on a strong foundation. And so at this point, he really wants people to listen to what he says, but more importantly, go do it. And so we're all called to do that, Ruthie. We're called to love our enemies. We're called to not judge. And we're, we're called to bear good fruit. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to our next episode on chapter seven.